Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. LeBron James is a basketball legend with three championship wins under his belt. And last year, he helped lead one of the most epic comebacks in NBA history. The Cavs were down 3-1 in the finals against the Golden State Warriors, a deficit that no team in the NBA has ever come back from. But instead of sulking after his third loss, James whipped out his phone and sent a group text. Um, I was sitting at home with my wife, and we were watching uh, Eddie Murphy stand-up comedy because I wanted to get my mind off the game. and. And I bring some more joy into the room. And then I just sent a, 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 a group chat text to my guys. I saying, okay, listen, um, it doesn't matter what just happened. And I know we're all down about it, but in order for us to accomplish that, no one believes we can do it, we have to refocus and we have to relock in. And um, um, you guys uh, do your parts, and I promise you as the leader of the team, I won't let you down. I mean, just follow my lead. The Cavs wound up winning, and the entire team went to Vegas to celebrate. It was pandemonium you know uh there was definitely no crying there was so much laughter and joking and excitement guys partied there and then we went home and had a celebration at home so no one slept Uh, we were so high off adrenaline and emotion and everything i sat down with james last august to talk about his success both on and off the court and everything he's doing in his hometown of akron ohio we also talked about things like how he leads his team and even what he eats and how he works out We've taken the audio from that video interview and created a special episode of Success, How I Did It, Business Insider's podcast about the career paths of today's most accomplished and inspiring people. I'm your host, NBI's U.S. Editor-in-Chief, Allison Chantel. Hey, LeBron. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Awesome. So tell me what you've been up to in the off-season. I saw Uh. some banana boating in Spain, I think. (laughs) I've been doing a little vacation, a lot of family time, Good. you know, uh, you know, because during the season, you wrapped into the whole basketball thing and how to prepare to win every every night and things of that nature. You know, the family, uh, you know, kind of takes a hit because you don't get to spend as much time with them um, as you would like. So in the off season, I spent a lot of time with the family. Also, been doing a lot of things with my business. So it's been going well. It's been going well. That's great. And you just came back from Akron, where you had an annual event with a bunch of the families there that you support through your foundation. Yeah, absolutely. It's called the We Are Family uh, Reunion, and we hosted, once again, it's our second year at hosting it at Cedar Point, which is one of the greatest amusement parks in the world in Sandusky, Ohio. But uh, we got an opportunity to bring 5,000 families to the, to the park and uh, be a part of our reunion. Once again, we welcome uh, our new third graders into the program, and this is our sixth year uh, having it. So uh, we got our first group of third graders now in the eighth grade, and now we just 
uh, welcoming our, our, our new, uh, new uh, crew of, of third graders. So it's a, it's a fantastic time for our foundation and for the kids as well. That's great. Well, you've clearly been busy in your off season. I thought you were supposed to be resting, but you're doing this. <laughs> I've tried. It hasn't quite worked out for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I hear you're still doing 5 a.m. workouts and stuff yeah. like that. So clearly really busy. I um, want to talk to you about all of your business initiatives. But first, we have to talk about this amazing comeback that you just had in your awesome season. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah, no, incredible. Uh, as you know, no team has come back from a 3-1 deficit in the finals, and yet you did. So take me back to that night. Game four, what happened between game four and game five? Because a lot uh, of people would just be like, all right, that's right. it. I mean, it was a difficult night. I mean, uh, you know, the series was 2-1. Uh, uh, we have another opportunity to tie the series at home. And we played a great first half in that game four. We was up at the half. And then in the third quarter, it just went down the drain. We, we lost our defensive pressure, our keys, and uh, Golden State just turned up the pressure. And they was able to steal our home court advantage and go up 3-1. And... You know, so I'm sitting at home just um, just kind of recalibrating and thinking about the game. And, um, uh, and you know, and just everyone is kind of down at that point. And for me as a leader, I, I couldn't allow myself to get in a funk. Um, so I just started to, you know, just trying to recalibrate and say, okay, well, listen, we got to go to Golden State for game five. We got to come home anyway. So why not come home and give our fans another game and give them an opportunity to have a game six? And that was my mindset. And. I was very relaxed going out to Golden State for game five, and, and obviously we saw what happened in that game. I was um, extremely confident in, in my teammates' ability throughout you know, game five and then coming home to game six to our home fans who are ecstatic and crazy as can be. And then and the game seven is one game. Mm -hmm. It's sudden death, and um, you know, it doesn't matter what, what's going on at that point. I believe you know, one game, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take myself every time. If you just give me one game for it all, I'm going to take myself. And, we was able to do something that's never been done, like you mentioned, uh, come back from 3-1, um, you know, and to, to win it on their home floor. Uh, it was an amazing feat uh, for, for, our, for our franchise. And you told this great story in your podcast that you just launched this week about how you spent that night of Game 4. You sent a group text yeah. to your troops and yeah. you said, what did you say? Uh, yeah, you just mentioned, uh, you know, just finished the podcast with, uh, you know, the open run with the great Jesse Williams and, uh, you know, if guys ain't heard it or seen it yet, you go on iTunes and, and, and pick it up. But um, I sent the group chat. Uh, we have a group chat throughout the season, you know, and it, and it talks about and with everything. all the players? All, all the guys, and it talks about everything from, hey, this is the time we're doing dinner, this is the time the bus is, or, or just mentally preparing for games. So um, I was sitting at home with my wife, and we were watching uh, Eddie Murphy stand-up comedy because I wanted to get my mind off the game and, you know, bring some more joy into the room. And then I just sent the, uh, a, a a group chat text to my guys are saying, okay, listen, um, it doesn't matter what just happened. And I know we're all down about it, but in order for us to accomplish that, no one believes we can do it. We have to refocus and we have to relock in. And um, um, you guys uh, do your parts. And I promise you as the leader of the team, I won't let you down and just follow my lead. And um, guys got on that plane the next day to head to head to San Francisco with that mindset. And, and, uh, I will say it worked out for us. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will say, say it too. worked out for us. So game seven, the play everybody talks about is your chase down block. I think ESPN clocked you at going 19 miles an hour <laughs> to get from half court all the way to where you could just slam that ball against the uh, backboard. So where does that rank for you? Is that your number one LeBron play of all time? I would have to say to just coming off the top of my mind, that would definitely rank number one just because of the magnitude of the game, what was going on at that point in the game. And, uh, and I had to run through a couple guys and get around a couple guys to get to that position. And uh, 
you know, it was a big, it was a big moment, not only for that particular moment in the game, but for Cleveland sports history now that you can kind of look back up upon it, a lot of people are saying. So, you know, for me, I think a lot of people um, will, will base, you know, a game-winning jump shot or, or dunk or, or something that happened offensively. For, for a staple play, for, for my legacy to be uh, a block, something defensively to help us win, uh, that's, that's the ultimate for me. That's great. Um, so you guys won. You didn't cry for the two times you won your championships <laughs> in Miami, but you did for this. Yeah. So clearly emotional. What was the plane ride like? I think everyone would love <laughs> to be a fly on the wall. Um, it was pandemonium. You know, uh, there was definitely no crying. There was so much laughter and joking and excitement. Um, you know, our, our franchise uh, took us to Vegas uh, from San Francisco, took us to Vegas. The guys partied there. And then we went home and had a celebration at home. So we had a five-hour flight back to Cleveland in front of our fans, and they were there waiting at the airport. And it was no one slept. Uh, we were so high off adrenaline and emotion and everything. It was a. Uh, I wish I can get it back. I wish I had like a, a, a GoPro like attached to my head throughout everything where I could have captured it all. But the memories are still here for sure. So a great move you had was wearing that Ultimate Warrior shirt when you got <laughs> off the plane. People loved that, um, well, or hated it. So, <laughs> be honest, did you pack that before you won the game? Where did you that know come what? from? I, well, it's funny because my wife bought. Uh, she she know she asked me like who are my favorite wrestlers of all time, and I told her like Sting, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Ultimate Warrior. Uh, the Undertaker and Ric Flair. Those are like some of my favorite guys ever growing up. So one day I get home from practice, and there's these T-shirts laying um, in my in my bedroom, and my wife purchased them from a store. So throughout the whole playoffs, I was kind of if you guys remember one time I had the Undertaker shirt mm-hmm. on. Um, so I packed them all throughout the playoffs, and the shirt that I had on to come home in, I wore in Vegas, and my teammates sprayed me with champagne. <laughs> And it got soaking wet, so I had to throw it in the trash. And the only other shirt I had in my bag was my Ultimate Warrior t-shirt. The only one. That was the only one because all our bags are underneath the plane. So the only one I had was the Ultimate Warrior t-shirt that was packed in my travel luggage. And that's what I put on. You guys, any one of my team, no one believes they all, everybody think it was like set up that way, but it really wasn't. But But it kind of worked out that way. That shirt would not have been on if you had That would have been the t-shirt I would have had on still. Ooh. Or I could have did the J.R. Smith and not wear a t-shirt. That's true. That's true. I that might have gone over better. <laughs> out. Awesome. Well, so I want to talk about your business in- initiatives because you're doing a lot there. Thank you. Um, you have a great other half in Maverick Carter who's yes. been a friend for decades at yeah, this point, right? Decades, yeah. So just tell me the story about how you two met and how you trusted him with well, your brand. We, we grew up in the same hometown of Akron, Ohio, which is a, it's a very small city. And uh, if you know one person, then that person knows someone in your family and everyone becomes family, basically. So, um, you know, just to pick it up, as we became teenagers, uh, Maverick ended up going to St. Vincent St. Mary. Uh, When I was in seventh grade, um, you know, we struck a a great friendship once again from being childhood friends as well. But he kind of recruited me to come to his school. Um, And I eventually went to St. Vincent St. Mary as well. So when I was a freshman, he was a senior. Um, he was our senior captain uh, of the ball club, and um, you know, just just looking up to him as a senior and seeing the way he um, approaches the game and approaches school and things of that nature. He's always been someone that I was like, 
kind to and fond of. And uh, our friendship continued to where he uh, graduated high school and went off to college. And then I played my prep school years. And then when I went off to be a pro, I knew he was someone I wanted to keep around me. And now that not only we're friends, we're also business partners. And, you know, just to add on to what you were saying, Allison, we have done some great things so far. Uh, we have a TV show, Stars, called Survivor's Remorse. Uh, we have a show on CNBC that's coming out next week called Cleveland Hustle. We have Uninterrupted, um, you know, where athletes can dig in deep on what they're going through, give our fans even more insight about what they're doing as well. And we're also, um, we're doing so many great things. It, it kind of all runs in together, but it's, it's our passion. It's our passion from when we were kids to now, and it's great to be able to put those things into, uh, into real life. So tell me a little bit more about The Uninterrupted, because a lot of sports people know what it is, but it just launched last year. Yep. You guys raised a little bit of money for it, and um, it's distributed media, right? Right, right. So we're not journalism, um, you know, we, and we don't want to get in the way of that. Um, but our platform is to give our fans uh, even more in-depth insight about what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. It could be from anything. Um, it could be from, hey, I just woke up. I just want to let you guys know that you know I'm off off to my workout, or it could be hey, uh, you know I'm taking my kids to school, you know, and, and it gives our fans uh, like it gives our fans the insight of they're actually with you. It gives them even more in depth uh, conversation because sometimes you know when you're in the locker room, um, you know, and you you do an interview, you know, once it comes on television, sometimes it's just a small uh, sample of what you actually were saying. So with Uninterrupted, it gives our fans even more insight, and there's no breaks. It's completely natural. It's, there's no cut, edit, things of that nature. It's just raw and uncut, and our fans have uh, gravitated towards it, and I'm happy to be a part of it and, and to be a founder of it as well. Great. Um, so one part, like you just mentioned, was your CNBC show that's launching, Cleveland Hustles. And it seems like a lot of the things you do are just to help where you're from. Um, obviously, you've got your foundation there that gives yeah. back a lot. Um, but tell me a little bit about Cleveland Hustle. Well, yeah, I mean, like you just mentioned, um, to have an opportunity to give back to my community, uh, first of all, my foundation and what we do for the kids, but also have, have an opportunity to produce a show, um, Cleveland Hustles, that... Um, Debuts on the 24th of this month uh, on CNBC. It gives uh, the common person with a dream an opportunity to make that dream come to life. And uh, we have entrepreneurs that have startup companies, and we have some some great investors that's putting their time and their money behind them. And um, we're giving the normal person with a dream an opportunity to make that dream become a successful reality. And uh, for me to be part of that, and for me to create jobs. Um, you know, create uh, insight to what goes on in Cleveland as well. And, and hopefully um, that becomes a success where we can go to other cities as well. We can have Detroit hustles. We can have Chicago hustles. We can have Louisville hustles where because everyone, every city in America has that hustle mentality and they just need, sometimes they just need someone to, uh, to recognize that. So hopefully we can, uh, uh, you know, jump off of that uh, once we have this Cleveland one going so your foundation has a lot of different components, but you focus on third graders, it seems like, and also their parents right. and, and high school kids as well. So there's a lot of different moving parts. But why third grade? Well, the statistics show when we wanted to get into the educational side of things, the statistics show that if the kids fell back behind in the third grade, then the, the chance of them graduating was a, was a lot less 
than any other grade. It was any other, it was second or fourth or first. It started in the third grade, and uh, that was the uh, the notion to us to let us know, okay, this is the grade that we need to start at. We need to get these kids in the third grade, and um, we've been fortunate enough to be in our sixth year now. And like I mentioned earlier, now we have our third graders who first started the program are now in eighth grade, and now we have our new uh, group of kids coming in, and it's been uh, it's been. Uh, warming for me to see these kids uh, really accept this. So you have all these children that you're working with and you've now been doing the program for six years and one thing that just went viral is the news that you're now suddenly going to help these kids get four-year scholarships to college when they become of age. So tell me about that. Uh, well I worked very closely with the University of Akron and uh, I wanted to do something even more special. Um, obviously we started off with um, mentoring these kids, the third graders, all the way up into high school and get them to a point where they can eventually graduate high school. But I didn't think that was enough. Um, I wanted to, to, to take it even more, a step further than that. So partnered with the University of Akron where we've started uh, another program to where if the kids sustain a, 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 a 3.0 grade point average, um, something that we feel like our kids can meet under the circumstances that we're given under the supervision that we're giving them, um, that at the end of that road is a college scholarship to uh, help them get into college and then they can uh, take that from there. So, um, you know, that's what we're hoping our kids can do. We know our kids can do that and we're going to uh, keep the infrastructure around them to make sure that they, they can accomplish that. Right. That's not a cheap thing that you're offering here. It's about $41 million, <laughs> I think, yeah, of commitments. Yeah, it is. Um, which is in total contrast to the role you played in Trainwreck. <laughs> Why were you so cheap in that movie? You played yourself, but like, it doesn't seem true to character. Yeah, you know what? I was actually going to pay for this interview, <laughs> but I left my wallet. It left my wallet in downstairs in I'll the car. I'll get an IOU. Okay, all right, yeah, just send it to the office. Send it to the office. It's <laughs> hilarious. You're like making people slip bills. Do you do that? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Um, that was it was fun to be a, a part of that cast with the great Amy Schumer and the great Bill Hader, Judd Apatow. I mean, uh, unbelievable Vanessa Bryant, uh, who's also a Cleveland girl too. So uh, we had a lot of fun on set, um, you know. But some of those some of those instances in that movie is actually some actuality about me. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, um, while we're on the subject of movies, Space Jam Two. We'd love to. Yeah. We'll love to. And uh, there's been a lot of talks about it. Obviously, I, I have a great partnership with Warner Brothers, and, and they definitely uh, were the ones who brought Space Jam 1, which is, which is incredible. Uh, I think Michael Jordan and, and, and the Looney Tunes, they did an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable thing for not only for my childhood, but for so many kids and so many people who followed that franchise. So, um, you know, obviously, we want to make sure that it's right. Uh, we don't want to rush it. Uh, we don't want to do something that's not authentic to the Space Jam brand. So. Uh, hopefully uh, we can get it right, uh, but they, you know, right now where it stands, um, you know, the Space Jam franchise is in great place. So, on a more serious note, um, you and your friends did an amazing thing at the SBs. Oh, talked a lot you. about some very serious issues that a lot of people, quite frankly, with huge endorsements on the line, just don't feel comfortable talking about. Um, why weren't you kind of afraid to speak out about that? Um, it's just Emmy. I think it's who I am. Um, and it's something I'm passionate about, and, and it, feel, it feels right. If it feels right to me, then I, I believe it should be spoke upon, and uh, I have so many different avenues where I can do that, through Uninterrupted, through my social platform, and also uh, the SVs is a perfect platform because it's the, it's the one day of the year where all our fellow athletes get together. 
in, in the same in the same venue and um, to have a French uh, brotherhood like I have with Chris Paul and Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony, we use that platform to voice our opinion about the state of America and the state of how we see it today. And my particular point was about and. You know, there's it's so it's okay to lend money and it's okay to make an appearance, but I think it's more impactful to actually get into our communities and get these kids, you know, kid by kid and brick by brick and street by street, family by family, and actually use our infrastructure that we've built over our careers and actually make an impact because these kids look up to us as role models and superheroes and father figures and things of that nature. So. Uh, that was my message. So we just have a couple minutes left, but um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about is uh, I'm sure you heard that Durant is joining the Warriors. Mm -hmm. How did you learn that news, and what did um, you think? Well, I'll, I'll learn just like everyone else, you know, through social media. Uh, I think it was on the 4th of July when it actually happened, and uh, I was in my home in Los Angeles actually preparing for a uh, 4th of July barbecue. And, uh, you know, when I saw the news, I was like, wow, that's that's – you know, I think everyone had the wild thing, you know. Mine was no different from the average person that doesn't know basketball to the person who watches it and covers it every day. So, you know, I think it's, it's all great for our league. I mean, our league is uh, very competitive. Uh, it's continued to grow, and Adam Silver has done a great job of picking up what David Stern started, and uh, uh, so it's, it's pretty cool. So a lot of people didn't react maybe as calmly as you might have to that news. A lot of fans had opinions about it, thought, like, it's not right. He's joining a super stacked team. Yeah. Do you better understand now the reactions when you joined the Heat from your fans? Well, I think, um, I think every decision is different. Um, I think um, my decision to leave Cleveland and go to Miami and then go back is different from Kevin Durant leaving uh, OKC and going to the Warriors. Um, I think it's different from Shaq leaving Orlando, going to the Lakers. It's different from Michael retiring, coming back, retiring, coming back, and then going to the Wizards. So uh, I think every decision is different, and it's – um, how much you have invested in that player, I guess, or how much you feel uh, for that player is how you're going to react. So uh, everyone is different. Did any other teams have a chance of getting you back then, or was it just Cleveland or Miami? Uh, no, there were a few teams, and I, I mentioned it before that um, I, I looked strongly at Chicago at the time, and uh, you know I gave you know some thought to the Knicks and, and to the Nets at the time as well. I met with those two teams, also met with the Clippers back then, but... Um, it ultimately came down to me either staying home or, or going to Miami uh, once I, I knew that, um, you know, I needed to partner with some great players to get past Boston. And Boston was the team with Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and Ray John Rondo. I knew that I had to get better with talent, and, and, and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh kind of uh, fit that mode. Switching gears a little bit. I don't know if you've read this or not, but Michael Phelps was apparently eating something like 12,000 calories before the Beijing Olympics. The guy, I'm not kidding, he would eat like a fully stacked yeah, egg sandwich. I heard about that. Omelets, like, yeah, pancakes my God. And yeah, all to the point where like, I just would not want to eat anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> do you do that? What's, no, what's, what's no, it like to eat like I, I do not do that. Uh, before uh, competition for me would be like uh, uh, a chicken breast uh, and maybe a little pasta because, you know, the carbs help because you're going to go out and, and play a lot of minutes and things of that nature. But a salad and some veggies uh, will have me perfectly fine. And before the game, I may have like a protein shake and some fruit and I'll be ready to go. But as far as pies of pizza and sandwiches and french fries, I can't, I'll wait for that after the game. I can't do that before the game. And how about your workout schedule? I know you said you're waking up at 5 a.m. still, even mm -hmm. though you're supposed to be resting. Right, I know I can't rest. I try. <laughs> 
but my work, workout regimen is is pretty much five times a, a week, uh, five times a week every day, and uh, it go it, it varies. Um, sometimes I stay at home and work out. Uh, sometimes I will go to an actual class. I've been to like versa climber classes or spinning classes, or you know I do Pilates as well. So it kind of varies depending on how I'm feeling. And is that the same throughout the season? I would assume you do like three-day workouts sometimes. Yeah, well, during the season, you know, we're playing basketball every single day and we're working on our bodies every day. So I don't get an opportunity to do the classes as much because we're doing a lot of traveling and things of that nature. But, um, you know, my workout regimen is pretty consistent as well. It's mostly seven days a week, you know, during the season because we will, we will play games on the weekend as well. And um, just a leadership question. You're obviously a great leader both on and off the court for people of Akron, for all of Cleveland, for your team, picking them up from that 3-1 deficit. How do you do it? How do you, how can someone be a leader like you? Um, well, I think um, you have to accept, accept it. Um, I think some people were born with it, but some people learn it as well. And, um, you know, for me as the leader of, of our franchise and the leader of my household and the leader of so many, you know, different, um, different things, I think it's the confidence, but it's also you practicing what you preach. Uh, I'm not a guy who just talks about it. I actually go out and do it as well from a basketball perspective or from a from a leadership perspective with my kids and my foundation. Um, you know, we have a, a promise initiative where they promise me that they will go to school, they will listen to their teachers, they'd be great to their classmates. And I promise them that I will continue to be a great role model, a father figure for them and, and, and not let those guys down. So um, I take that responsibility and I don't just talk about it, I actually do it as well. So. Uh, when you're able to come through on your word, um, it, it allows the guys that you're leading, male or female, to be able to say, "Okay, uh, we can follow this person because he he won't let us down. No matter if it's no matter if it's going good uh, or or bad. Uh, you know, every day is not a bed of roses. We understand that, and you have to be able to handle adversity as well." Great. Well, thank you so much. This thank is so you. much fun. Thank you. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that? Uh, I'm, I am fantastic. I mean, uh, I, I am, uh, I'm happy in the position I'm in and uh, to be able to give back uh, to my community, to my foundation, um, I think that's wonderful to be able to have dreams as a kid, to um, you know, be a part of a production company and do shows like we're doing now with uh, Spring Hill Entertainment. Uh, Spring Hill is great. I have, I have a beautiful family and uh, I'm healthy, so. Great. Awesome. I'm talking to you. Like, <laughs> what's better than that? Hey, I feel like my life couldn't get better I mean, right what's now be, either. What's better than that? <laughs> I agree. <laughs>